welcome everyone out to episode 79 of Utah in the Weeds. And this is a great episode with a patient that got approved through the Utah Compassionate Use Board for anxiety. Yes, it can happen, people. Anxiety is not a qualifying condition in Utah, but Erica Balif, my guest today, did in fact get approved. So we talked to her about her upbringing, her exposure to cannabis, what she uses it for, the anxiety, depression, how she went through the Compassionate Use Board, all of that. And if you listen clear up until the end, you'll get a picture into what she thinks about parenting and cannabis. Subscribe to the podcast on any podcast player that you can get your hands on or your your little thumbs on. Make sure to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Discover Marijuana. You can slam that subscribe button and join. If you comment on one of those videos in the month of November, you will be entered into our YouTube drawing for subscribers. Very excited about that. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving next week. Everybody enjoy this episode and be preparing for all of that family anxiety. Be preparing people. It's it's coming at us. Some of the best times of the year are coming and some of the most stressful times of the year are certainly coming. Enjoy this episode with Erica Ballas. So Tell me about you. You did you grow up in Washington? So I moved to Utah in 2011. So up until 2011, I lived in Washington. Besides going to a semester of college in Idaho and then coming home, but other than that, yeah, I grew up in Washington, which I think everybody quite knows that you know it's a very uh, pot-friendly state. Cheap, good product up there. Right. I'm like, we're going to talk about that all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have um, a lot of family members that use marijuana too. And they're, they're up in Washington and they're like, Oh, it's so expensive. I'm like, "Mm, tell me what's expensive to you because I can definitely change it. Okay. So you were like the Seattle area. And then you said something about gig Harbor. So gig Harbor is where I grew up. It's about an hour Southwest of Seattle. But most people don't know about Gig Harbor. It's next to Tacoma, over the Tacoma Bridge and Seattle. Seattle is probably the closest place that people recognize. When I say Gig Harbor, sometimes when I say I'm from Washington, they're like, oh, D.C. I'm like, no, from the state. <laughs> I have to correct a lot <laughs> right. of people with that. Yeah, I'm sure. But um, yeah, so I grew up LDS, so I came from a strict family, but I didn't have a lot of LDS friends or anything. So I grew up. I had a lot of friends that smoked marijuana and um, or cannabis. I don't know how you want me to refer it to, but I'm going to refer it to as pot marijuana and cannabis. But okay, here's what I've gotten from the from being in this world, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm using air quotes right now, so everybody can imagine my air quotes. This when you're when you live in this cannabis world, everybody in in this world uses the word cannabis, mm-hmm. and okay, this is just my experience. I get a lot of flack for this, but honestly, I think 99% of people just still use the word pot, marijuana, weed, right? Yeah. They're, not, they're not enlightened 
individuals. And I don't mean to, I don't mean, okay, I do kind of mean to give shit to like the people in the industry yeah, who are like uppity about it. Cause, mm-hmm. because for me, it's all about like, you call it whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. It, it helps people feel better, right? We want to talk about it. We want to normalize it. And so shoot, I don't care what you call it. Okay. So LDS um, yeah. Seattle, I'm looking at pictures of gig Harbor right now. So it's a gorgeous area. It's a very gorgeous area. Um, right on into Puget Sound. And just, I had a lot of good times growing up there. So most of my friends growing up um, in high school is where I first had my experiences with, you know, knowing about pot and marijuana and stuff. Like I was very, I was the youngest in my family and my parents very much sheltered me in a way, but um, all my friends pretty much smoked cannabis. And uh, I even had a friend who dealt it too. And so I was very much around it, but I never tried it until I was out of high school. And um, it was just really funny because everybody saw me hanging out with these people that smoked weed and everybody knew that they did. And I was this little Molly Mormon girl <laughs> hanging out with them. And everybody was so confused why I, why I would hang out with them. But they were my friends and I enjoyed being around them. And uh, were they people yeah. that like graduated and were, were fairly normal other than they were the, they were the potheads. So I think like all of them, except maybe two of them actually graduated from high school. Um, one of my good friends is a geologist and he's getting a PhD in geology in central Washington. And, you know, yeah, he's, he's doing great. Oh, like scary. They all, they all became normal people. Yeah, but, I know. Um, Can you imagine? I mean, I don't love, I don't love kids. I have a 16 year old and I don't, I, you know, I don't want my daughter. I don't want her smoking weed at all. Yeah. But, but at the same time, eh, do you think it was more dangerous or easier to get alcohol or pot in high school? It was easier to get pot. than. I feel alcohol. like that same thing was, you know, at our, at my high school. Mm-hmm. I knew, I mean, I knew two people I could get an eighth from like today, <laughs> but I didn't know anybody I could get alcohol from. Right. Yeah. In, the only people I school. would have known is like my older sisters or something. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't drink or smoke or do any of that stuff in high school. The worst thing I did was lie about dating somebody in high school. Oh. And um, yeah, I didn't do it until it was almost a year after I graduated high school. And the only reason why I did it was my boyfriend had broken up with me and I was very depressed and just wanted to do anything to, to get over it, which isn't the best thing to do. Um, and I don't recommend it. <laughs> sure. Um, but I remember my first experience at my friend's place who, who sold it. And I brought a water bottle with me because I was like, oh, no, I probably am going to die coughing, if, you know, trying this. And we used a bong and that I took a huge hit, apparently. And I just just sat there coughing, drinking water. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, she's facing out. And I, I look up and that's when I really felt the effects of it all. And I was like, whoa, this is different than anything I've experienced before. and 
I started laughing and I just had a really good time and it took my mind off of the things that were really stressing me out right then, which my, so like my boyfriend had broken up with me and then I was due to start school the week after. And so all of this stuff piled on me. I was pretty stressed out. And at that time too, I was not diagnosed with depression or anxiety yet. I'm somebody that like takes responsibility. If I do something wrong, I take the responsibility to take care of it. I don't like putting that kind of stuff on my parents or anything like that. Like even when it came to like my depression and anxiety, I wanted to take care of it. I didn't vocalize it to my parents at all that I was very depressed until one day, maybe a couple years after high school, I was somebody broke up with me and my parents, they asked me, you know, Erica, are you depressed? Do you feel like this often? And I was like, yeah, I do. And they're like, because we notice it takes you a really long time to move forward with something that's really difficult. Yeah. And I was like, well, isn't that normal? Like, And they're like, it's not normal to be this sad about it for like six months. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> and so they got me into a doctor and I finally got put on some medication. And through the time that I was like trying and experimenting, it kind of ties in with my religion, my religious background and everything. And so I was trying to figure out what I believed in. I was wishy-washy. And by the time I got on my depression medication, I didn't really rely on marijuana as much until I got to school and my medication was actually making my depression worse at that point. And so... Oh, really? How long had you been on it? I had been on it for almost a year. Yeah, about a year. And there were a lot of things that factored into that as well. so I went to BYU-Idaho for one semester, and right at the beginning of the semester, a few weeks in, my grandfather passed away, and he lived in St. Anthony, which is really close yeah. to Rexburg, and so that was really tough, and at the time, my sister, she was having a very big struggle with opioids and, you know, hard drugs, and that was a big stress on my parents. And part of the thing that I did was I put her on my phone plan because she kept stealing money to to pay for like minutes on a phone. And I was like, I'm going to put you on my plan. So you're not doing that. And then her friend racked up. This is when minutes were counting. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Not go over the minutes. Totally. Um, Yes. I mean, (laughs) this was a big deal at the time. You're, you're like, everybody was competing for all the companies were competing. They were going to give us more minutes. And if you had a family plan and shared minutes and then they started doing rollover, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally understand, right? Somebody's racking up minutes. Yeah. And so I, you know, I had a very finite budget when going to school and I wasn't planning on working because I had my, my loans and grants that I was going to use to, you know, get me through the semester. And uh, my sister's friend, she used my sister's phone in the middle of the night without her knowing and she racked up like $400 worth of charges on my phone plan. And so I was dealing with having to now find a job while in school and 
I could go on and on about that. So I was very depressed and I got suspended from the school because of my academics. My grades were too low. And so I was sent home and I started hanging out with my friends again. And soon enough, I started smoking uh, pot again. And that helped me. Like, And I noticed that marijuana helped my depression and anxiety when I needed it. And eventually, though, I stopped because me and a friend actually got arrested in a parking lot for it. And so I had to kind of make some choices right then whether or not I was going to continue doing that or not. And so I didn't want to jeopardize anything at that moment. And so I stopped and... This is in Washington? Mm-hmm. But this is but before this it, was before it was legal. So this is before 2012, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because in 2012, Washington became the first state to legalize cannabis, right? So mm-hmm. you would have been, I mean, maybe you would have still gotten in trouble for public you know, use, but definitely yeah. not arrested. Luckily, they didn't put me and my friend in handcuffs or anything. So like they, they wrote us a ticket, like show up on this date at the court and and so we were able to go home that night, um, which was really nice because I didn't want to be taken to jail and then have to call my parents and tell them about that. So luckily, I was able to get through all the court stuff without my parents like finding out about it. And then so when I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, I was like 20, 21. I was 21. I know I was 21 because a few days later, my car burnt down. So suspended, arrested, and my car burnt down within a month period. And so things were really stressful. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) All I can do is just laugh about it, you know, like, and just like, okay. Yeah. And and then besides the fact that your, you know, the medical system isn't really supporting you because on the one hand, you're using medications that really aren't working right? You were using an antidepressant that for you wasn't being helpful. So statistically speaking, if you look at individuals, you can find really good benefit with antidepressants. But if you look at big population data, there's not that much benefit to antidepressants, Mm -hmm. statistically speaking. So it's not uncommon at all for people to go on antidepressants and not have really any benefit or sometimes even feel worse, um, just depending on what's happening in the system. So how did you figure out that like you were using, you were using cannabis at the time and you, Mm -hmm. you talk about using it and feeling better, but now you have the benefit of hindsight. Mm -hmm. So you can look back and you can be like, wow, I did feel better. I never like, I always just felt a little bit better when I was consuming cannabis or when it was in my life. Where did it click for you that, oh, wow, this is part of my, like, this is actually part of my life. I don't want to give mm-hmm. this up. Yeah. So, I mean, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And with religion and everything, I decided, oh, that's what I wanted to do. And I decided to make the move to Utah. And so, so like 10 years, I hadn't smoked anything. And, uh, you know, during that time, you know, it was legal in Washington. And my sister, who became clean, thankfully, she's sober, she's been sober for 
a while now, so eight years or something like that. But she uses marijuana and she has IBS and her IBS causes her so much pain. It held her back a year in school. And now she is able to use that daily and be able to function and work and do the things she needs to do to provide for her son that she has and um, all the other responsibilities that she has. And so at the time back then, in the mindset I had, I still thought like marijuana wasn't good for you or anything like that. And I thought like, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this because it's not going to be great for my health or anything like that. And I want to be a faithful LDS member. I'm not going to do that. So, you know, I, I got on a different medication that helped me. Um, but I've had to increase it and lower it throughout the years to whether, you know, if it's going to help me or not, depending on my daily life. I had a job once that just caused me a lot of depression and anxiety that they raised it so that I could even function. And so when I saw that my sister was benefiting from it, and then my parents who were very strict, they started like partaking in it every once in a while so that like my dad... Yeah, like, so I was shocked, like, knowing that my mom, like, tried anything. My dad, he had a wild side when he was a teenager, so he tried it before. But my dad, he has uh, dementia and a very bad tremor, and it helps his tremor. And he, you know, it helps his nausea, too. Like, he has acid reflux, and it will help his nausea. But my mom, she was having really, really bad sciatic pain. So it was just shooting down her leg and she couldn't sleep at all. They were giving her shots and just things weren't working. And finally, somebody gave her, I think it was my brother-in-law that gave her a salve and she put it on and she was able to sleep. And then she started just becoming more comfortable with it. And now my sister will make brownies with the, like the coconut oil she has, the infused yeah. coconut oil. And my mom will eat a brownie and it just, is shocking to me. And so as soon as like they started like kind of accepting it more, I was like, okay, well, I mean, that kind of gives me the okay that like I can support this and be okay with it. And right. so in the 2017, 2018, when, you know, Utah was trying to get the initiative yeah, on proposition the ballot, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I was, all gung ho, like as soon as they came to the door, I was like, "Yes, I'm signing this." And, <laughs> You're like, "Oh, um, I know who you are." Yes, and yes, so I'm on I all really, the lessons. You can baptize me by by pot right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry so, for those um, of, for those Utah listeners. We we know exactly what that what that inside joke is. Yeah, I love those guys and and gals. I mean, I, I oh, they're, I they're great people. Yeah, yeah. So. I followed that very, very strongly. I put one of the signs in my front yard and was very vocal about it. And I was very happy that it passed. And then I was not very happy to find out that anxiety and depression were not a qualifying condition in the state of Utah. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just have to keep on my prescription medications and hope for the best. And my anxiety, like I'm a mom of two little girls, a five-year-old and a now three-year-old. And any mom who says that that's an easy job is lying to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
one of the toughest jobs ever being a parent and my anxiety has increased being a being a parent and with anxiety and depression like my I, I'm very short with people I could you know just with my kids I'm not very patient with them sometimes because I, I'm just so overwhelmed and I'm trying so hard to be patient with them and it makes me feel terrible that I like snapped at my children and it's just, I have a hard time even just getting on the floor and playing with them. I have ADHD as well. And so my attention to try and do imagination play with them cannot sustain longer than like five minutes with them. And so I, I was just feeling like a terrible parent as do most people do when they don't know what the heck they're doing. Um, raising people, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, I started getting into the CBD. I was finding that helpful. I specifically found these vape pens that were aromatherapy. They're called Monk, M-O-N-Q. And they, you know, did these essential oil blends that yeah. just were kind of like a vaporizer, but, it, you know, you would breathe it in and just hold it in your mouth and exhale through your nose so that you would get like, you know, the essential oil benefits and calm down. And so that kind of helped me. And then they came out with a CBD version. And I really enjoyed that. That one, I could see some noticeable effects mm -hmm. of that. And so with that, and also going to like Good Earth and getting some CBD there, it would be helpful. But you know, it wasn't enough for me. I needed something more to really get me into a more relaxed mindset so that I wasn't so, for lack of a better word, anal about everything going on around me. Because also with my anxiety, I'm like a perfectionist and I like things done a certain way. Like my husband will do the laundry one way and it drives me nuts. Even though the clothes are clean, he didn't do the way I wanted it done. And it can cause me a lot of anxiety. And with marijuana i can just kind of like oh it doesn't matter <laughs> we're okay right. it's okay you know so earlier this year i started looking into you know if there were any changes in the bill whether or not anxiety and depression were covered under that and it hadn't and so in i'm a part of a, a group on facebook i think it's just like utah patient like cannabis people i don't know but it um I I'm wrote in there, like asking a question, I'm like, is there anybody that has gotten approved for, you know, anxiety and depression? Because, you know, I really need this and I just can't, you know, keep going like this. And, you know, people kind of reached out to me. And then one person, her name's April, and she works for Terra Health and Wellness. Uh -huh. She, she was like, give me a call and I'll talk to you about it. And so I called her the next day and we chatted and she was telling me how she has successfully gotten you know through the cubs process which is yeah the compassionate youth board. board and she said that you know she's gotten people approved for the anxiety and depression and she's like it can be really tough to do that but you know it's always worth a shot to give it a try so um she and the physician that I saw to, you know, get the paperwork going, they told me to write a personal letter to the board about my history with medication 
and, you know, marijuana use and just kind of explain why I needed it. And so I wrote out a letter and explained kind of my story about it all. And I even copied a link to put in my letter, which was a link from the Utah Health Department. They did a study one year ago in November. And in the study, they they asked people about how their anxiety improved. And, you know, most people were very low before cannabis. And then they saw that 80% of the people said that their anxiety got better. And it was about like 75% that their depression got better too. And so I specifically used that in my letter because that was proof showing that like, you know, it does help and this would benefit me. And I also had said, you know, I hate living with anxiety. If this makes it worse, I will not use it because I don't want to keep feeling that way. Right. And, right. Um, like, Hey, I've, I actually have anxiety and trust yeah. me, if anything is going to make it worse, I'll just stop using that substance. Like exactly. plain and simple. This, this is not rocket science people. If it doesn't make my anxiety better, not using it. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. It, 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 that's a, that's a really good point to make be, for providers too. Right. Like yeah. just hit the nail on the head. If it's helping, you'll probably continue to use it. And if it's not addictive and it's safer or as safe as the other medication that you're taking and it's working, then what's the problem? Yeah. Certainly, if it's going to make your anxiety worse, paranoia worse, your depression worse, then I promise you tomorrow you're going to think twice about using it, right? Oh, because yeah. you're because you don't have the physical addiction or the withdrawal symptoms of not using it, it's not a risk. You're you're at pretty low risk of using it again. Yeah. Um exactly. Right? So yeah. keep keep going with your story because this compassionate use thing, we have patients that go through the compassionate use board once in a while. There's uh there's a couple of hundred people that have been through the compassionate use board so far in Utah. And mm -hmm. I have never, literally never talked to anybody with anxiety who got oh, through really? the compassionate use board. That's why this is so fascinating to me because you did the application, your provider mm -hmm. did an application. I know that part of it. And then you wrote this letter. Great idea, mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah. It, 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 I think like, you know, I, I watch like HGTV shows and they're like, oh, write a letter to the homeowner. Sometimes that kind of sways them in a way. And, you know, it does. Sure. And I just really wanted to make sure that they, they knew my story and why I wanted to try it. And also, like, I'm just a very factual person. I like facts and just being able to provide that evidence that the health department did. I think that also helped my case showing that there was a proven benefit for anxiety and depression. And so there's a deadline each month that you have to get those applications yep. in. And also something that is helpful for those applications is getting, you know, your medical records and showing how you've been on pharmaceuticals and how consistently you're still having depression, you're still having anxiety. It hasn't completely helped you. And just even the day before, like we submitted the paperwork, my doctor raised my depression medication because I was still experiencing a lot of anxiety. I was put on Adderall for my ADHD 
And so I'm on this concoction of drugs that are supposed to like, one's supposed to help me, you know, stay focused and it raises my heart rate and that can cause my anxiety to go out of control too. And I'm trying to balance it with like Selexa and Wellbutrin. And it was, you know, it's very hard sometimes. And so, you know, I was able to prove, show in there, like, look, my medication was even just raised for this because I'm right. still struggling. And then I also had my therapist. They also like to see people who are, you know, applying for um, anxiety and depression that they're in therapy or they will require you to go to therapy if they approve you. So I was already in therapy. And so my therapist was able to kind of write a letter and showing, you know, like we're making progress we're consistent and, you know, we're working on the anxiety and depression. And so with a combination of the cannabis and therapy, it's been really, really helpful for me. So they, they put in the paperwork. Sorry, I feel like I jump all over the place, you know. No, um, you're, you're doing great. I'm, I'm riveted. Yeah. I'm riveted right now, right? You put awesome. in this paperwork because, you know, but like, like you say, you've got medical documentation the, the key things, right? People who mm-hmm. want to go through the compassionate use board, medical documentation is, it's a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. having uh, a paper trail that you've tried these things or that you're using these other pharmaceuticals is, it's almost like a requirement mm-hmm. um, for the compassionate yeah. use board to see. They want to see failure of something else before they move to this because, and to be fair, cannabis is not first line. In school, we learn- um. Yeah. You know, first line medications for all kinds of uh, disorders and disease processes and anxiety and depression that's, you know, cannabis is a long ways from first line um, in school. Uh, yeah. Although, to your other point, 85% of patients who use or people who use who smoke weed at all say that at some point in time they've used it for anxiety and it does help. Um, exactly. Right. And, and again, there's even studies in the Utah Department of Health mm-hmm. that show that as well. Exactly. And another great thing about, like, the, another key point with the, the medical history is that the Compassionate Youth Board is made up of doctors. So they can actually evaluate this and really be like, okay, like, we see this history. We see this, like, you know, let's give her a shot, basically. So, sure. And I was approved, which was awesome. I had to wait two months because my I didn't get all the necessary documents in time. And there was some kind of, I was having a difficult time with the, um, the portal online. Yeah. And so that was, that caused me to go over the deadline for the month of April. So for the month of May, we got the paperwork in and... So it took about a week for their decision, which really, really surprised me because I was told that it can take up to 90 days for them to make a decision. And so I was like, I'm going to have to wait three months to know anything. And it only took them a week. And that was amazing that I got approved in a week. Like, And I shared it with April from Terra Health. And she was like pleasantly surprised because she's like, that is a hard one to get approved. Oh, for sure. The Department of Health, the state, the legislature, they do not like anxiety. I know them. Neither do I. 
(laughs) (laughs) Fair. Totally fair. So, yeah, um, we, I I got approved. I got my letter and I got the card and I was ecstatic. I, that week I had actually been in Washington for a family emergency. And so I was able to try some one-to-one CBD gummies of just five milligrams. And it was just, it was so helpful. I was so stressed out. My family, I love my family more than anything, but my family is very loud. I'm the youngest of six kids and we're just very loud. And I now live in Utah with my husband and his family is not so loud. And so now when I go visit my family, it gets extremely overwhelming for me. And being able to have that gummy, I was able to like face, you know, my family without having this terrible like panic attack of like loud and all this information they're trying to give me for now visiting. And, and so I was just able to kind of be there and it was, you know, the right amount that I didn't feel like I couldn't control how I was acting. I still felt yeah, you so weren't, normal. you weren't high. You weren't really stoned, mm-hmm. right? You were just, the lack of anxiety is the treatment, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the, it's not the, um, Blake Smith talks about this in our YouTube series on discover marijuana, where it's not necessarily the, the, the feeling of the THC or the feeling of the CBD, it's the lack of symptom. It's the lack of negative symptom that you feel that's so key to the correct dosing, it seems mm-hmm. like for you, right? Five milligrams and one to one, you get that CBD that helps with that anxiety, takes the edge off, but they work together and and boom, you found the sweet spot. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was so excited to get my my card. And so I immediately went to a dispensary. I went to Cura Leaf in Lehigh. That's the closest one to me. And I overwhelmed with the price of things. Um, uh, yeah. it, was, it was just crazy for me. So like in Washington, I was like, I can't believe like a vape a cartridge is almost $100, one gram. And I asked my sister, I was like, how much, you know, are your vape cartridges in Washington? And she's like, oh, they're expensive. I'm like, well, what's expensive to you? She's like, well, I mean, I think maybe like $30 or $40, like if it's top, top shelf, 50. I'm like, yeah, a top shelf. (laughs) Yep. A top shelf, one gram cartridge in um, like in Spokane or something like that. It's like 50, 55 bucks, maybe 45. And here certainly they're going to be 90, $95, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 80. Yeah, that's, that's I've true. Some, yeah. I see some that are like 105, but I feel like the sweet spot for the one grams is between like 85 and 90 is for here. Is yeah. For what here. I've experienced. Yep. yep. And I, I'm not saying that's bad or good. I'm just saying that that's just the way it is. I think yeah. if you go to Mesquite, the prices are pretty similar. Or if you go to Wendover, the prices are pretty similar to here in Utah. There's certainly places in downtown Denver. I think the prices are about the same, maybe just a little less than here, Vegas, same thing. But if you travel to Oregon or to Washington, where they've had legal programs for a long time, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of product, there's a lot of people who know how to make this stuff. Yeah, that's where the prices are really dramatically different than here. Mm 
right? Mm -hmm. I feel like as time goes on that like prices will come down. But I mean, at the same time, I feel like Utah State really loves money and they might not do that. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, like, so most of the time when I get something from the dispensary, I try to find, you know, any deals that they have going on that week. And if there's anything within those deals, that is going to help me. So most of the time I try to get something that is a one-to-one. And the one that I really like is um, watermelon Skittles from, I want to say it's pure. Yeah. So it's a one-to-one CBD to THC vape cart, right? Mm-hmm. And watermelon yeah. Skittles. You know, this is something we haven't done a ton on the podcast yet, but I've been asked a lot about this is when you're talking to people like, what do you use? So yeah. here, so here you go. What there's a good, there's a good one-to-one CBD to THC vape cart from a person. And here's what's great is you're a person that's been approved for anxiety. So we can actually like, you're, you're definitely more open to talk about it, about using mm-hmm. it for anxiety. A lot of um, folks that we talk to, and not just on the podcast, but in in uh, real life, their you know their qualification is pain. Mm-hmm. So they're 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 having to kind of tiptoe around, like, well, well, I'm using it for a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. um, do you find that you have? Is it the ratio that's important, or is it kind of this product that you've uh, come to like? Um. It's the ratio. I do the CBD definitely helps with the anxiety a lot. If it's if there's too much THC, it can definitely make me more paranoid and cause my anxiety to feel a little bit more, and that's uncomfortable. And I think that's pretty common with people with anxiety. If they do something that has too much THC, it can just cause more anxiety. And so, it, I mean, there has been some trial and error for me, and um, I you know, have been trying different ones. Most of the time I try something that's more indica dominant or just indica. Um, and then recently I discovered Blue Dream and heard wonderful benefits about that. And so I got some flour and I tried that in just one hit. I was like, oh, wow. Like I just need one hit and all of a sudden like I felt good. And so I really recommend Blue Dream for people that that's a really popular one. I think it's the most popular in the United States and it yeah, really it's really the most popular genetics for sure. Do you feel like the, the, um, the flower versus vape cartridge, like how does that go in the, I mean, how does that go in the family too? Right. That's a whole different mm-hmm. ball game because it's definitely not as discreet. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we have to use a vaporizer, you know, here in Utah, like they say, you know, you can't use flame to flower. And like, one of my difficulties is that like to get a quality vaporizer, you know, you do have to spend a little bit of money to get that, like a quality vaporizer, yep. you know, it's going to be around two to $300. And I got a really cheap one. Um, and it just has this like coil that heats it up and basically just chars <laughs> And I'm yeah. Like, yep. Okay. Okay. We need to, we need I, to get you a Pax or a Firefly. We've exactly. got to get you a Pax or a Firefly. They are, they're awesome. Yeah. I've heard amazing things about them and, um, I, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it, 
I basically should just smoke it because the coil basically just burns it the same. Right. Like, and <laughs> so, you know, that is a little difficult for me, you know, like, uh, I shouldn't necessarily say that I do smoke it, but I don't really have any other way to consume it right now. And yeah. I'm trying to get, like, I'm saving up for my vaporizer. And I even asked for one for Christmas. So we'll see what happens. Ooh, nice. Um, we have these gift baskets. If you follow us on social, utahmarijuana.org <laughs> and our Discover Marijuana. And I'm entering you in our uh, in our giveaway. Because oh, this okay. week we're giving away, I think, a PAX 3 and next or a Firefly. And next week we're giving away a PAX 3 um, on YouTube. you got to. I've been trying to figure out how I enter into that because I've watched some of the YouTube All you got to do is then... comment. You're, you're entered. You got to comment on one of our videos. I think if you oh, comment okay. on one of the videos, you're in. Okay. Perfect. Oh, well, you have to be subscribed. You have to, I think, I think I you got to subscribe to the channel. You've got to comment on one of the videos and you're entered in. Okay. And we gave away I'll a PAX 2, then we gave away a Firefly this week, and then um, next week we're giving away a PAX 3. And, oh yeah, some good consumption devices. So, and like, so in terms of being discreet and stuff, I am, like, I am a pretty vocal, open person about like my anxiety and depression and which is kind of weird for some people because there seems, you know, there's a mental health stigma on and yeah, I'm but it's very refreshing. Vocal. Yeah, it is refreshing. And so for me, I'm very vocal about my anxiety and depression. It runs deep in my family. And so they've always been vocal about it. And so it, I've never felt a, a stigma against myself in terms of, you know, people judging me about, about my anxiety and depression. So I just go out on my back porch and use my vaporizer. If I do use flour, I'll do it at nighttime or in my garage if I need to. But, you know, I was about to go over to a neighbor just to kind of like be like, hey, by the way, I'm prescribed, you know, medical marijuana. I um, just want you to be aware that like this is what's happening in my backyard. And like uh, my neighbor, like I saw that she had a cartridge on her counter. I was like, well. I don't need it. Like, this is, you know, <laughs> I don't need it. Right. So that's not a COVID cough over at the neighbors. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any houses behind me. Um, I have a big green field. I mean, there's houses up above on this like cliff that may be watching me. But honestly, if anybody had a problem with it, I would just, you know, if somebody called the police on me or something. It's like, I, I'm doing it in my yard. That I can do that. It's my personal right. property. And I have a card for it. And so the only time I get worried about it is if, if I had to smoke um, the flower, then then I would be concerned sure. about somebody seeing me there because that, you know, I could get in trouble for. You feel like you're a better parent? Yes. I am 100% a much better parent. Um, I might get emotional. So forgive me if I cry, but um, I, you know, when I was growing up, I, I always wanted to be a mom. That was the thing that I always wanted to be. And I got to be a mom and it wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. And that was really hard for me to kind of grasp because I was like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm going to do this, this and this. And I just, it's overwhelming. And I love my kids more than anything in this world. 
but it's hard to be a mom and I have a very hard time, you know, being patient with them. And like I said, I have a hard time playing with them. And, you know, cannabis allows me to be patient with them. It allows my imagination to be like theirs a little bit. Like I'm more open to like, hey, yeah, let's go for a walk. Let's, you know, do this. Because with my anxiety, I like to have things planned because I, yeah. I think it's the worst case scenario. So I'm like, oh, if I don't bring this, then this could happen. And so like if people randomly are like, hey, let's go to the park. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for that because I have to do yeah. this, this and this. With cannabis, it allows me to just kind of ignore that. I'm like, yeah, let's go do that. And I'm able to just kind of give my kids a fulfilling experience by going to the park or going for a walk and even when they're not in a dangerous way either, right? This yeah, isn't no. this isn't saying that you're ignoring the important stuff. This is saying you're allowing your brain is allowing itself, right? Like or yeah. or somehow inside those neural pathways, you're 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 it's okay. You don't have that inappropriate anxiety for that event. That's mm-hmm. the key to THC and CBD combined as a treatment. Is it really just it it decreases that that anxiety that in a lot of ways is somewhat inappropriate and somewhat put on ourselves by society because like you say, you've got to have this, that, and the other thing all ready to go. You've got to make sure you're prepared. We we almost have created that. I like when you talk about how, and it's very true how sometimes that THC can allow us to think and be creative with our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Play with them. Yeah. Not play to them or or yeah, I I really think that's so true. And that's such a it's such a cool thing to hear real people who are having the these experiences. So for for anybody out there who is concerned, right, who is wondering whether this is right for me or, you know, should I try this? What I'm doing now just doesn't seem to be working. What would you say? I would say give cannabis a try. You know, maybe start out with CBD or something just very low. For me, it helps. And so I'm not going to say it will work for everybody, but I think if there's an ailment that you're trying to help yourself with, I do think that, you know, marijuana does cover a wide variety of things that it can help you with. And I like marijuana a lot more than I like my pharmaceutical drugs. Um, I really hate the, the side effects that I get from my pharmaceutical drugs. But with that said, my pharmaceutical drugs have saved my life from my depression and my anxiety. Um, so I don't want to say that they do not help because they definitely do help people. So I'm very grateful for that. But with marijuana, it just, it makes things so much better for me. And I love the mom that I am with my kids. They see a happy mom. They see one that's not yelling at them or snapping at them. And they see a mom that's very forgiving too. Like they spill something like, Oh no, no. I'm like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know? And other times when I'm, you know, very on edge and I'm having anxiety and I haven't gotten my medicine and, you know, I could be very reactive and be like, Oh my gosh, why did you do that? Whereas like when I am in a good Zen place with my cannabis, 
I feel like I am the best mom with my kids and I do it very responsibly. I don't do it where some, like they're going to come in and get some kind of secondhand high or anything that sure. will never happen with them. I'm just very grateful for it. That's awesome. This has been really great. I really appreciate you coming on and, and telling yeah. your story. I think like I said before, this it's just important for people to hear real real people talk about it. There's no way we can destigmatize cannabis without talking oh. about it openly and talking about parenting and how we're, you know, how we're interacting with the world and what we're doing, what we're trying, what we're using, all of the things, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is a perfect time of year for this discussion too, because there's a lot of family to be seen coming up mm -hmm. next weekend and over the holidays. And that is a lot of anxiety for a lot yeah. of people, right? There's some PTSD yeah. coming yeah, for a lot of people. So I really appreciate this from you, Erica. This has been great. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I was a little nervous at first. I was talking to my husband. I was like, yeah, I got an email saying that they wanted to do a podcast with me. I, I don't know if I should do that because I have been pretty conservative with, you know, on social media about my use of it. You know, I have a lot of active LDS friends and family. And even though some are very progressive in views, there are some that are not. And I, you know, there's sometimes people like it's been common that people in the state of Utah have called CPS on people for right. using marijuana. And even though, you know, I have the, the card and everything, I don't want to go through that process possibly as like if somebody thought I was doing something wrong and CBS come and do an investigation right. and I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, my husband can attest to that. And I think my kids with their, their smiles and their laughter can attest that I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm, I'm happy great. to be here and talk about it. I didn't realize, you know, how uncommon it was. I, I knew it was difficult to get a card with anxiety and depression, but I didn't realize how difficult and that I'm the first person that you're talking to about it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just not, it's just not a thing. It's, it's yeah. just not a thing in Utah. There are other States where of course it's allowed. There are other States where anxiety is mm -hmm. not on the list, but it's easy to get approved through their compassionate use system. And Utah's is just um, somewhat unique and difficult. So uh, kudos to April who, you know, yeah. was able to help you. And, and those, they, it just sounds like the experience went pretty well, took a while, um, yeah. but, but it, it ended the way it's supposed to be, right? This is mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm much happier now than I was, you know, six months ago. And, yeah. and that is a really great thing. But one other thing I wanted to mention was, so like I, I went to my doctor, my primary physician, and I, you know, was a little nervous to tell him like, hey, I'm going to be doing this. I'm trying to get approved. What are your thoughts on it? And he was like, oh, that's great that you're doing that. And he's like, but why do you have to get approved for it? And I was like, oh, because Utah doesn't recognize, you know, anxiety and depression as a qualifying condition. And he was like, well, that's really strange because I thought a lot of people used it for their anxiety and depression. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, well, good for you. You know, when, if you get approved, let me know how it goes. And he, he's just, he doesn't want to pay the money and the, do all the classes. Like he has a very good business of um, what he does right. already that he doesn't need to add that onto his service to approve people for it. 
but he was really supportive of it. And um, the next time I saw him, he asked me questions about it. And I showed him like my vape pen and he's like, how do you use this? And so it was, I was educating my doctor. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So he's now able to kind of like tell people, Hey, if you want to try this, go there. And so he wasn't able to write me that recommendation letter or anything like that, but it was really nice to have his approval and just another firm verification that, yeah, you know, this, this is helpful for people with anxiety and depression. Does it help everyone? No, but for me, it does. And I think if people microdose it more, I think that it will help those who get too anxious on it. I think that would help be helpful for them too. Yep. Well, this has been great. Um, Erica Balaf, thanks for coming on. Yeah, and if, if anybody has questions like and wants to reach out to me, I, I welcome that. Um, they can you know, find me on Instagram at erica.balaf. You can send me your questions and stuff. I'm happy to talk about it, you know, just trying to be more open and honest about it to help other people. So, yeah. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. Remember, this is Utah in the Weeds podcast. Subscribe on any podcast player that you have access to or you want to. Uh, You can also listen to these and enter our video uh, giveaway on YouTube. The channel is Discover Marijuana. Subscribe to that channel. And if you want to reach out and get a hold of us, you want to come on the podcast, you have a great story or something that you want to share, comment on one of those Discover Marijuana videos. We look at all of those comments and that's really the best way to to get a hold of us. So thanks, Erica. All right, everybody, stay safe out there.